0: mainly Marvel a series brought to you by mainly movies each week Aaron DJ and a few special guests will go through every single movie in the Marvel Cinematic Universe in order to officially rank them all Hello, my name is DJ. And I'm Aaron, and we are back once again with another episode of Mainly Marvel, this time talking about Thor the Dark World. And DJ, you still got our guest with you there. Why don't you go ahead and introduce him again? Yeah,
1: our buddy Josh, aka Jam, is here to help us dissect Thor the Dark World. Uh, Josh, you were specifically chosen for this movie because... You have an affinity to Thor, so when we get into it, I'm going to be curious what your thoughts were on the rewatch of Dark World, but welcome back to the podcast, man.
2: Well, thanks, man. I think you'll be interested to see what I have to say about (laughs) watching it a second time after what has happened with all the past movies. Okay, okay,
1: okay. So, for everyone else who has completely forgotten this movie, uh, like I have, we're going to go through and, like always, read the plot synopsis from Wikipedia, um... And just going to state that we put the time codes for when we stop going over the plot synopsis in the description for the podcast if people feel like skipping over it, though I guarantee you don't remember this movie. So, eons ago, Bor, father of Odin, clashes with a dark elf, Malekith, who seeks to unleash a weapon known as the Aether on nine on the Nine Realms. After conquering Malekith's forces, including enhanced warriors called the Cursed, on their homeworld of, oh Jesus, Svartalheim...
0: The <laughs>
1: <laughs> Bor safeguards the ether within a stone column. Unknown to Bor, Malekith as well as his
0: lieutenant Algrim and a handful of dark elves escape into suspended animation. In present-day Asgard, Loki stands imprisoned for his war crimes on Earth. Meanwhile, Thor, alongside warriors Fandral, Volstag, and Sif, repel marauders to Vanaheim, home of their comrade Hogan. It is the final battle in a war to pacify the Nine Realms following the reconstruction of the Bifrost, the Rainbow Bridge Between Realms, which had been destroyed two years earlier in the original Thor movie. Uh, The Asgardians soon learn that the Convergence, a rare alignment of the Nine Realms, is imminent. As the event approaches, portals linking the worlds appear at random.
2: In London, astrophysicist Dr. Jane Foster and her intern Darcy Lewis travel to an abandoned factory where such portals have appeared, disrupting the laws of physics around them. Separating from the group, Foster is teleported to another world, where she is infected by the ether. Heimdall alerts Thor that Foster has moved beyond his near-all-seeing vision, leading Thor to Earth. When Thor finds Foster, she inadvertently releases an unearthly force, and Thor returns with her to Asgard. Odin, recognizing the ether warns that the Aether will not only kill Foster, but that its return heralds a catastrophic prophecy.
1: Malekith, awakened by the Aether's release, turns Algrim into a cursed and attacks Asgard. During the battle, Malekith and Algrim search for Foster, sensing that she contains the Aether. Thor's mother Frigga is killed protecting Foster, and Malekith and Algrim are forced to flee without Foster. Despite Odin's orders not to leave Asgard, Thor reluctantly and enlists the help of Loki, who knows of a secret portal to, to Svartalfheim, where they will use Foster to lure and confront Malekith, away from Asgard. In return, Thor promises Loki vengeance on Malekith for killing their mother. With Volstag and Sif stalling Asgardian soldiers and Foundral assisting their escape, Thor, Loki, and Foster head to Svartalfheim! Svartalfheim! <laughs>
0: There, Loki tricks Malekith into drawing the Aether out of Foster, but Thor's attempt to destroy the exposed substance fails. Malekith merges with the Aether and leaves in his ship as Loki is fatally wounded while killing Algrim. Thor, cradling Loki in his arms, promises to tell their father of his sacrifice. Afterward, Thor and Foster discover another portal in a nearby cave and reunite in London with Lewis and Foster's mentor, Dr. Eric Selvig, who was briefly institutionalized due to the mental trauma he suffered during Loki's attack on Earth. They learn that Malekith plans to restore the Dark Elves to dominance by unleashing the Aether at the center of the Convergence in Greenwich. Thor battles Malekith through various portals and across multiple worlds until one portal separates them, leaving Malekith unopposed on Earth. Thor returns in time to help his mortal comrades use their scientific equipment to transport Malekith to Svartalfheim, where he is crushed by his own damaged ship.
1: Thor returns to Asgard, where he declines Odin's offer to take the throne and tells Odin of Loki's sacrifice. As he leaves, Odin's form transforms into Loki, who is alive and impersonating Odin. In a mid-credit scene, Volstagg and Sif visit the collector and entrust the ether to his care, commenting that with the tesseract already in Asgard, having two infinity stones so close together would be unwise. As they leave, the collector states his desire to acquire the other five stones. In a post-credit scene, Foster and Thor reunite on Earth, while somewhere in London, a frost monster from Jotunheim, accidentally transported to Earth during the final battle, continues to run amok.
0: Cool. Well, there are a lot of a lot of names in there. <laughs> like
1: Svartalheim.
0: <laughs> like Svartalheim.
1: <laughs> I'm pretty positive I'm not saying that correctly, but I'm
0: trying my best, folks. You gotta just say it with confidence. Then it doesn't matter how you're saying it. That's true. Yeah, so pretty involved plot even reading through it and rewatching the movie it was a little difficult to follow what was going on uh i guess i don't know how you guys felt but uh we're first going to talk about what our memories were of this movie before watching dj i feel like you already said you did not remember any of this movie before we started reading the plot
1: nope i didn't remember a dang thing about this movie um
0: yeah that's all i have (laughs) i I didn't
1: remember anything
0: yeah i'd say i remember lots of like cgi shots of asgard uh the scene of the giant uh, dark elf ship colliding into the shore because that was in like the trailers and everything Mm. um and then also just like red stuff which i can now call the ether because that's his name uh, Josh, did you remember more than we did?
2: Well, I remembered quite a bit of it, but I think the reason I remembered it... Correct me if I'm wrong, it's been a while since I've seen the first Thor movie, but they did not show Asgard, correct? No, they did. They, okay,
0: They do. Well, Definitely is... not in nearly as much detail. Yeah, yeah. And this I... was Asgard was highlighted here, not so much yeah. in the first one, I won't say.
2: And I think that's some of the reason why I enjoyed... Um, or I think that's what I remember of it is just some of the Aaron, like you're saying, some of the CGI shots of Asgard and um as someone who likes to sketch from time to time, I feel like the, the conceptual artists trying to make those scenes, I feel like it would have been really a really fun project to do. And so I know that's, I know that's not necessarily like, how is this a good movie? What do you remember the plot? Like, I just kind of liked the visuals of the movie. And I think that's why I probably enjoy it more than it deserves.
1: (laughs) No, I I think that's legit. I mean, I think the visuals still hold up. I mean, this movie is, what, five years old? But yeah, I think Asgard, like, still looks amazing. So I I see what, especially with your creative eye, I can see how that just atmosphere that they're creating there. I think that makes total sense.
0: Yeah, and I think, like, visually, this is one of the best Marvel movies, even now. Like, there's so much visual stuff going on, visual effects and uh, just the graphics and all the shots that, I mean, normally I like to complain about just CGI fest, like we're just going to throw CGI everywhere. They actually do it pretty well in this movie. Like, it looks really good. Um, so, I understand that, and I I think that is, like, a legit boost for this movie being like an actual good movie to watch easy to say that the the visual side of this movie is definitely a strong suit what about our favorite marvel scene scene that most stood out to us in this movie defined the movie maybe makes it stand out in the greater marvel scope so i've got so we we kind of mentioned the Ship colliding into Greenwich. I don't know if that's really a Marvel scene. That's definitely like a a scene I remembered mm-hmm. of this movie. I think another one that I would propose as a candidate is right at the beginning when Thor walks up to the giant rock guy and just smashes him. Just does this nice uppercut straight up into the air and just scatters him into all these rocks. That was really cool.
2: Yeah. There was one scene that I recalled, and DJ pointed out while we were watching it. It was when Malekith and all of his army shows up at Asgard for the first time, and Thor basically, Frigga takes uh, Jane and says, "I'll be safe. Go fight them." And he and he takes off, but the way he does that is he jumps off the cliff and grabs his hammer yes. and fly off, and just looked really. It was a very smooth. It was amazing yeah. transition yeah he just like
0: jumps over the ledge backwards and just holds out his hand yeah that was really cool
1: but it was also something i would
0: never have
2: remembered about this (laughs) yeah
0: yeah it was so like quick and brief but it was just really cool also probably not a marvel scene but a scene that like as soon as it came up i was like oh man i forgot i love this scene is when thor and loki are walking down the hallway (laughs) And Thor's or Loki's changing into all of these different shapes. It's just like a comedic scene, but then he finally transforms into Steve Rogers and starts just mocking him so hard, and it was it was hilarious even. It's now. amazing. That was one of my favorite scenes in the movie. And I completely forgot about it, honestly. Yeah, so I've got some
1: favorites. I don't know if I would classify any of them as like quote unquote what we're saying is a marvel scene though if that makes sense like I feel like they're good scenes I just don't know if they're and I had this issue with the first lore movie too actually my the scene I picked was just like seeing Asgard for the first time like coming up from the clouds and seeing it and I think similarly we get a pretty cool effect when Jane first goes to Asgard was seeing like the flashing lights and everything and you kind of just get the scope of this alternate universe but again I don't know if it's necessarily like yeah. we're quantifying as a marvel scene just good scenes
0: that i like yeah i i almost feel like part of that is just thor is such a different thing from all the other marvel heroes Mm -hmm. like i mean the guardians are in space everyone else is earthbound and the guardians are definitely their own thing but like thor especially in this movie it doesn't feel like a movie that we've had yet like it it feels kind of star warsy it feels kind of lord of the ringsy
2: it's the furthest one from reality like yes earth it's called Midgard in the story sometimes like i understand that it's very pivotal to the plot but in terms of the time that you're on earth i think a majority of the movie is in asgard or Svartalfheim <laughs> or whatever you call it <laughs> Svartalfheim. Another scene that I remember when DJ mentioned the scene Asgard for the first time, it reminded me of the scene where Heimdall sprinted across the bridge and took down a ship. Oh, yeah, that's cool. With two daggers? And I was like, wait, you can do that That was, yeah, that was, that was
0: like Dwayne the Rock Johnson levels of just ridiculous, like, OP. (laughs) Like, I like, because I, I legit didn't remember what he did there. So he like takes off running down the bridge after this invisible ship, and I'm like, is he going to, like, tell someone or something? I thought and that he, was starts, first too. he starts running up the, like, uh, cable on the side to, like, get up there, and I'm like, what's he about to do here? And he just takes down the entire thing with a knife. And I was like, whoa. <laughs> yeah, I'll they definitely, <laughs> they definitely, like, recognized they had a treasure in Idris Elba in this movie, and mm-hmm. I'm glad that they made more use of him. Which is a great transition to our minor characters discussion. Yeah, so we got got Idris Elba as Heimdall. Uh, Any other good Heimdall scenes?
1: I like just seeing the rapport between him and Thor. Like that very, very short scene in the bar where uh, Heimdall takes off his helmet and he's just like, you know, I can't go against the king or anything. I just like Idris Elba though. Like that's not really a scene or anything. I just like his presence. And it's cool that he was in the mcu RIP behind
0: he can come back right i don't think so <laughs> yeah, probably not <laughs> um let's see other minor characters we've got kat dennings i don't know if we want to she's just
2: is she's that our scenes yeah yeah okay yeah. you know i forgot she was in this movie like in the thor movie like i just completely forgot
0: I forgot she was in the first one. I remembered her being in this one, but I think it's because by this point, two broke girls was like a thing. I think, uh, yeah, she was a little more famous at this point, and she's definitely like playing up the whole like Cat Dennings doing Cat Dennings things. Yeah, which was good for like comedic relief, but I kind of got tired of it after a while. Yeah, I mean that's all she's there for. Yeah. Um,
2: What do y'all think about
0: (laughs) Sif? I realized that she's she's kind of like a crowd favorite. Like, there's a lot of like Sif fans. Who oh, really? So, yeah, <laughs> I feel like that's something I've seen, and I don't know. I was kind of expecting like more of her in this movie, and they kind of give her some like interesting things that she's got going on, but she's really not doing a whole lot in this. Like, she doesn't get a whole lot of screen time in this movie.
2: In- now that we've seen some more movies, and now that Jane Foster, it, it, she wasn't in Ragnarok. I kind yeah. of it's kind of strange to see this. How it's like? Well, if you're going to go with Jane Foster, why was she not in the You next would expect movie? to see her well, more. Yeah. yeah, it's almost like if you're not going to see Jane anymore, that's kind of like. Well, now we've got Valkyrie as a. As yeah, a and then person. now it's Valkyrie. So I kind of some of me thinks that Sif was. I think the the. Tessa Thompson, I think her name Mm -hmm. plays the Valkyrie. I think that came from Sif. So I think they kind of scratched that character and started over with her, maybe? I don't know.
0: They definitely, like, so we get the Warriors 3 in here, which are, like, ah, fine. But then in Thor Ragnarok, they definitely just, like, quickly (laughs) kill them them off. (laughs) Yes, just very quickly, like, wave of the hand, like they're gone, written out of the story. So... Yeah, kind of interesting to know that, like, some of the things that they're kind of trying to build up in this movie, they decide to go a different direction with later on. Yeah, I don't want to talk about the Warriors 3. They don't matter. <laughs> yeah, that, that's plenty of Warriors 3 discussion. One of them was recast, Fandral. Don't know if that matters at all.
1: Really? I don't think Yeah, I don't it was think Zachary Levi, was. and
0: he's going to be Shazam, so
1: that's something. Oh, okay. That's kind of cool. Yeah, I don't think people were bothered by it
0: no i they don't matter what did you guys think of odin in this movie i mean anthony hopkins is always like going all out for his roles
2: i like him I, yeah.
0: yeah i i like that he's just there and like playing this like i don't know he's just acting the crap out of it yeah and some sometimes it feels a little cheesy but i feel like he kind of belongs in this like thor world of where everything's kind of just ridiculous like, he's having all these discussions about how, like, we're going to battle to the, like, last drop of blood and everyone, and I don't know, it was just yeah. like, this is absurd what he's saying, but he's just, like, going all in.
2: I think it was really cool when you first see Odin in this movie, there's a raven that flies him to his arm, and he's kind of looking at him and stuff like that, and Norse mythology... A raven is a symbol of Odin. It's generally one of his spies. Like he can communicate with them and send messages and get like intel from them. Which I kind of thought was neat that they threw that in there. Had nothing to do with the plot of the movie. Was just (laughs) cool. Fun facts. Yes. Yeah. Should have left that for fun
0: facts. No, you're good. You're good. (laughs) Who else? Eric Selvig. They showed that scene of him running around naked at Stonehenge like three different times. They really loved that scene. They're like, man, we got gold here. We've got to show it on every TV everywhere. Why this did movie.
1: this happen?
0: I don't know. It it doesn't make a whole... I mean, there's the whole like his mind was controlled in Avengers. We don't but, like, see
1: Hawkeye doing that.
0: Yeah, Hawkeye got mm. over it. That's all I want to say about it. I yeah. just... Yeah. I know. I I had the same thought. But they definitely had a lot of fun making him the crazy dude that was running around naked and telling stories to the crazy people. Um, Yeah, so we've got Natalie Portman in her last appearance in the MCU to date. I don't know. It, like, she's not coming back, right? No, absolutely not. <laughs> they even had the throwaway line in Ragnarok
1: being like, Sorry, you and Jane broke up. And I was like, no, you, you can't yada yada over this movie. <laughs> she was clearly a driving factor in Thor 2. You can't just write her out of the picture. Yeah. But they did.
2: <laughs> did. What's the reasoning? Was it just uh, was it creative differences? Was it a pay issue?
0: I do not know. I do
2: not have that information.
0: I want to say... She was just done with it. Speculation, I think that Thor 2 didn't do so
1: well at the box office. And when they were trying to do, you know, Thor 3, they just wanted to separate it as much as they could from the other Thors, okay. So,
2: Fair enough. Okay.
0: That's just speculation, though. I have no idea. Okay. Yeah, very interesting, though. Especially with the post credit scene of them, like, reuniting, like, promising future adventures together yeah that didn't play for Josh and I I don't know why
1: like I scrolled to the very end and there's no scene I know what scene you're talking about like I've seen it before I just don't know why it didn't play on like that
0: well it was just so you know she was sitting there with her bowl of cereal looking all sad and Thor appears outside on the roof of her apartment she goes out and they kiss and then it flashes to a parking lot and there's a giant monster from Jodenheim that's just smashing things and I was like what is this (laughs) So uh, Very strange. Two movies in a row with kind of weak end credit scenes. Uh I think in our impacts on the MCU we'll get to the other post credit scene though. Yeah.
2: And I guess the only other character do we mention Frigga any? I mean any thoughts on her?
1: I liked her relationship with Loki because I think it just like humanizes Loki more. Like we can see him as more of a fully fleshed character instead of just a straight Mm -hmm. villain. And I mean, I really like Loki in this, so I think that relationship was fine, but I really wish they hadn't have just stabbed her in the back. I mean,
2: <laughs> that was that was dark, yeah, I think it was pretty neat that one scene where she was talking to him in a cell, and then he tried to touch her, and she was an illusion it's, it's kind of interesting that she's
0: okay. very <laughs> to to learned from
2: her. I think she kind of can tend to be deceptive sometimes, but
1: is this like inherited powers?
2: In which case, oh, he wouldn't get he's those. He's adoptive. That's yeah, right. I, no, but I think it's I think it's uh, considered sorcery, and I he might have learned it from.
0: I like that better.
2: Yeah, oh, let's okay. go with that. Let's go with that. Okay.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure. They did do a whole lot of those like hologram deception things in this movie. Like, they definitely played that up as much as they could.
1: Yeah, but I mean Loki does that in every movie he's been in. Yeah, <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. I think that's probably all of the minor characters to talk about because I am going to classify Loki as a villain, whether we want to or not.
1: I don't um, know if I agree with that classification. I Loki, know, but what? I'm I'm
0: I'm I'm gonna put him there. So get
2: some friction today, folks. <laughs> yeah. So first,
0: first <laughs> we'll talk about Thor, and then we'll get to the villains. Um, so Thor in this movie improvement on Thor in the first movie I feel like Chris Hemsworth gets better and better every movie he's in I don't I don't know if I'd say improvement over Avengers Thor he definitely gets more like funny parts there I think Mm. but I felt like he was definitely more comfortable in the role in this movie yeah I
1: think he's able to play those dramatic scenes pretty well as well as the comedic stuff and I think we really get just more of that in Ragnarok but I mean, I like Thor here. I think he's an interesting character. Uh, yeah, I, I agree. I think Chris Hemsworth is able to kind of figure out who Thor is more by this point. Or maybe it was just the writing.
0: I don't know. Yeah, and his, his hair looks so much better when it's his real hair and not the wig he had in the first one.
2: Ooh. Josh, any Thor thoughts? Um, I, I mean, I obviously I like Thor. Um, <laughs> but in terms of his, like... Character journey, did y'all think there were a lot of development? Because, like, I felt like most of the story was him struggling with having a romantic interest with a mortal who will live a lot less, uh, will live in, in terms of length a lot less than he will. So, she's kind of a blip in his life. I don't really know if that got resolved by the end of the story because they just kind of write her off in the next movie. No, Uh, I
1: agree. They, like, touch on it, but I don't think that's fully fleshed out at all. I think if we're talking, like, character journey, I think Thor, the first Thor might have it on him because we see him go from this hot-headed person to someone who is more humble and accepting of criticism and things. I don't know if we necessarily get that same sort of journey here. Like, like he's at the point where he can, like, question his father and, like, knows the path that he needs to go and do mm -hmm. things. But I don't know if it's as fully developed as uh, as far as development goes. So yeah, I see what you're saying. Aaron, what do you think? I agree.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right. Um, Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they do a whole lot with the, I mean, it's kind of like the Aragorn, Arwen, Lord of the Rings thing for all the nerds out there. Yeah. And then there's the like Thor trying to train to take over the throne. Definitely more like, high fantasy concepts than like comic booky concepts, I guess. Mm. Um but I kinda like it. I like Thor's world. Josh, question for you. Do you I know you like the Thor movies. Do you like Thor as a hero more than
2: the other heroes, or is it
0: just his world that you're really drawn to?
2: I think I would have to say I enjoy the world um, I kind of enjoy the setting of his story. Not to say that I don't like how Chris Simmonsworth portrays Thor. But I would say after Ragnarok, I think, I think that's one of his best performances as Thor. Mm-hmm. And so I think I like Thor even more now from that movie. But I think before that one came out, I would say that the world and the setting on mm-hmm. itself was more appealing to me than necessarily the character. Even though, I mean, a guy a big huge buff guy with a hammer and riding lightning around, that's still really cool. <laughs> <laughs> but in terms of his personality, he has a very it's it I hate to say it, but it is kind of black and white at times where he's kind of like, this is right, this is wrong. Except in this one, he tends to kinda of, well he does this whole plot to get break Loki out, which is kind of refreshing to see this guy who's like I'm trying to save the nine realms, I'm trying to be a big strong warrior and do the right things to be a good son and maybe be a king one day, he kind of, he's starting to think more for himself into what's like important to him Mm -hmm. and if it kind of goes against what his dad says or it goes against what the kingdom thinks, he'll do it, which is kind of, yeah, I kind of like him as a character quite a bit, but.
1: But the settings really was But the setting, I really
2: enjoy that. It's kind of that fantasy setting, and I really enjoy worlds like that. So yeah, it's...
1: and it should be noted in a sea of like twenty odd Marvel movies, these are different. Like they're set aside. that I, I see what you're coming from.
0: Cool. Let's talk about Loki. Um, so I'm putting him in the villain discussion. TJ objected, but I'm putting him there. Are you doing and... this because Malekith is nothing? <laughs> partially and i kind of wanted to like point out it's yet again another time of like oh who's the villain like i mean we always know malik is the villain but there's yet another fake out um i'm just noticing fake outs every time that marvel does it um and but i i legit didn't remember like what loki did in this movie like they still really played up the whole like what are his motivations what's he actually trying to do like you don't trust him in this movie at all yeah and the movie's not dumb about that like everyone no one trusts him like yeah
1: even one of their final confrontations thor says man like i wish i could trust you and yeah i'm glad that the characters weren't dumb enough to be like oh yeah look he's on our side and everything i mean it gets to the point where like five people are just like if you betray us we'll kill you and it's like okay that may be a little bit much but the characters weren't dumb about it at least and I really like Loki here. I think Tom Hiddleston really just grows into this character.
0: Yeah, I agree. And kind of the reason I wanted to focus on him was... I read, this is kind of a fun fact, but that Loki was originally not going to be in this movie, and it was just going to be Thor versus the Dark Elves. But he was so popular after the Avengers, they decided to rewrite it and put more of the focus on him. And I'm just like, I this movie would not be nearly as interesting to me if loki was not in it definitely i can't imagine this movie being <laughs> wow yeah, they really it... consider not putting loki in this that is interesting yeah. <laughs> they considered having it all be about malekith and the dark elves of Swartelheim. <laughs> like <laughs> no one i mean you could go like super nerdy and get really into like uh norse mythology and everything and like what were the dark elves and everything but i don't think like people really care that are just casual movie going fans uh yeah so it's just i mean the dark elves are just kind of like this like storybook villain that they've written of these like dark people and i really couldn't tell you like why they're evil they're just like opposed with the people of asgard like i don't know what their overall philosophy or anything is really But yeah, the Loki Thor stuff was much more interesting.
2: Yeah, it's kind of interesting how the Dark Elves, Malachith, they're just they're almost kinda like Sauron and the Orcs from Lord of the Rings. It's just like they're bad and that's it. You know, like there's no (laughs) They're they're dark. Yeah, they're no nothing. Yeah. And sometimes that's good. Sometimes you need like an evil that is just it's trying to wipe you out. It's not misunderstood. It's not multi-dimensional sometimes a flat evil character is good and i think in this movie it's cool because you have loki who's kind of you never really know what he's up to but you know he's always doing sketchy stuff and then downright stuff sometimes you don't know what you're going to get and then to have like okay here's some bad guys that we know are bad they can cause some mayhem make the plot lines keep going and stuff like that so
0: i did take special interest in the scene where Loki supposedly dies kind of towards the end there, mm-hmm. and he's really not dead because there's lots of fan speculation now of is Loki actually dead post Infinity War or was he doing his old tricks again? Like, could he possibly have been doing a similar thing there? I don't
2: know. It would have been funny when he died on that ship. He got away yeah. and they had an end credit scene. Where he like weathered away and he was like, crap. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> that would have been pretty good.
0: <laughs> okay, we can move on to Impact on the MCU, which I would say is almost entirely contained in the first post credit scene.
1: Yeah, this is our first utterance of the word infinity stone, I believe.
0: Yes, yes. And it it kinda like got me excited. Just, like, hearing them say, like, Infinity Stones, I was just like, whoa, they said it. <laughs> like <laughs> They spoke the words, like, this is the official beginning of Infinity Stones and the quest for the Infinity Gauntlet and everything.
1: Yeah, and they confirmed the Tesseract is an Infinity Stone, so. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. big stuff yeah. in this post credit scene.
0: Yeah, I feel like this one really spawned a whole lot of, like, Reddit theory boards and everything. People just go on crazy, um, but yeah, pretty obvious impact there because we've got confirmation of Infinity Stones. We know where two of them are now, um, and we will revisit the Collector in Infinity War. Well, also in Guardians, right? Okay, I thought he was. Yeah, yeah, but somewhere we revisit them. Collector to get this Infinity Stone. I don't think we. Maybe we see that uh, the Ether one in Guardians. I forget.
1: I don't think so, because I think I was looking for it at the time, and I've seen the Guardians a couple times, because Guardians, Guardians is great, but you know.
0: Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, are there any other impact? I mean, we do get some Thor character development that I think we've already discussed, but uh, a lot of the, the Thor and Jane Foster stuff has kind of been written over. Basically, we get Thor to Earth. Yeah, yeah, I guess that's true. Let's move on to fun facts. Any fun facts you guys have about this one? Nope. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, cricket, cricket. Uh, Let's see. Let's see. What can we find? Oh, so apparently for the Captain America cameo, they had Tom Hiddleston put on the Captain America suit and do an impression of Chris Evans. And Chris Evans was a little bit uh, disappointed because he was like, I spent two years trying to make Captain America like not that cheesy and to just see it like undid all the work he was trying to do to make him like a believable character but keep trying chris evans (laughs) you're always going to be the cheesiest member of the avengers yeah okay well let's move on to the meat of the discussion the ranking uh so last week we placed iron man three amongst the ranks of phase one uh dj once again i'll let you do the honors and read through the ranking list so far
1: okay the mainly marvel ranking stands as thus number one the avengers number two iron man number three iron man three number four thor number five iron man two number six captain america the first avenger and number seven the incredible hulk it just
0: keeps slipping further and further down, <laughs> doesn't it? We should just move it all the way down to number 21 and leave it 21? Yeah. I'm not convinced
1: it's going to stay at the bottom. Oh. Whoa. It, it okay. Happen. I don't know. Okay. okay. That's, that's, a, that's
0: a hot take. Okay. Um, yeah, so last week we put Iron Man 3 at number 3. I am very interested to see where you guys think Thor the Dark World should be placed. Uh, Josh, quite famously, you had Thor Dark World ranked very high when we did our earlier discussion of where we thought these would be ranked. This was many moons ago, before we had even started a podcast, just kind of discussing and coming up with our preliminary rankings. You had it very high. We were all surprised. I did. Where do you think? Where do you think it should be on this
2: list? So I'm going to be. What's what I'm looking for? I'm going to say the same thing as last time. I would put it at three. So you would okay. put it between Iron Man and Iron Man Three. Correct.
0: Josh, I agree with you.
2: What? <laughs> yeah,
0: I have it. I have it above Iron Man Three. You have um, it above Iron Man Three. Yes. Oh, no.
2: One reason why I put it above Iron Man 3, let's forget the fact that I like it more than I probably should, but Iron Man 3, had, in my opinion, had very little to do MCU-wise. This uh, Thor Dark World mentioned the Tesseract as an Infinity Stone and the Aether as an Infinity Stone. I feel like that actually, I was going to put it at four because I was like, I kind of think Iron Man 3 is a better movie. I think the pacing to Dark World is a little slow at times. I think there's some lulls in it. But I think that end scene where they have the big reveal about Infinity Stones, I think that's actually pretty significant. It just bumped it a little extra for me.
0: Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, and I would also add we discussed quite a bit the, the visuals of this movie. I think that plays a lot into it just as its worth as a movie you should watch it was just like an easy movie to keep watching because your eyes are just like always entertained by something just like there's there's different things to look at on screen even if maybe the plot's a little bit uh over the top with the fantasy elements or something and you're not as into that or it's a little bit slow at times i feel like visually it's very entertaining um yeah i don't know the battle scenes were cool to me i liked the like ships flying around the city was something that felt like something we haven't really seen the hero movie yet I don't there are just a lot of things i actually liked about this movie and i kind of struggled to find something where i was like oh, i really don't like this which i i feel like in all of those original origin stories we at least had one thing we could nail it on and say like man like it was okay but there's this one thing that really wasn't that great and i didn't i honestly didn't really have that for this one DJ, you gotta say where you're headed.
1: I, I don't know. I've been sitting here contemplating. I think off the top of my head, I would put it like around the first Thor. So I would either put it below or above Thor 1. I, I don't know. I, I guess I definitely enjoyed as an experience watching Iron Man 3 much more than Thor 2. And I, I see what you're saying, Josh, about like that end scene like elevating it for you. I don't know if that really does anything for me. Like, I think it's definitely important. I think it's interesting that this was really the start of Infinity yeah. Stones. But as far as like enjoyment, I don't think that really helps me. I don't th- think that does anything for me personally. It,
2: it, yeah, in terms of you looking at each movie individually, that end credit scene shouldn't really change it that much. I get what you're saying.
1: But it is significant, but so it, I don't want to like it, downplay that or anything. Of,
2: of course, and like I said, that's the only reason I put it above Iron Man 3, was because there was a connection to things later down the road. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, and I think the end of Iron Man 3 just kind of bothered me. I, we discussed this a little bit in that episode of how pretty much everything they did at the end of Iron Man 3 ended up just not mattering. They were just like, oh, Tony removed his arc reactor or whatever, and pepper has these powers okay they've been negated or whatever and we didn't really get much of a post credits anything there that would like tie it to some future movie it just felt less significant watching that one um yeah so that was part of it i mean what about for me definitively i felt like thor dark world was better than the original thor And I think that's something I wasn't as confident of going into it.
2: I would agree. I, Well, I didn't watch the first Thor recently. I have seen it, but I watched Thor 2 and then I watched Thor and I remember liking the second one better than the first one. And it might have been I already had some information in the second one that... In the first one, it kind of recaps because I had figured it out. Because you can kind of figure out origin stories mm-hmm. and you watch a sequel, but yeah, I think I just enjoy. I honestly, like, like I said, the visuals do it for me. So
1: hmm. yeah, I guess I find Thor one and two a little bit closer to me. I will agree. I think I enjoyed watching Thor two more. I guess I'm really surprised. I feel like from and I don't know if i've talked about this a uh, great impetus for us starting this was we had seen a lot of other people come out with their version of their marvelous and things shifted around a lot but i would say pretty consistently thor the dark world was at the bottom and honestly after rewatching it like it has issues the villain is nonsense his plan is nonsense but and even like the final scene i didn't really like the final like battle I didn't love but I feel like there are redeeming qualities here to not put it at the bottom of the list. so yeah I, I think I would put it like right above Thor but I don't think they're as far separated in my mind um, so I, I think it's really good that we went back and rewatched this I feel like it's very easy to be like oh well everyone on Reddit saying like this is the worst I'm not feeling that way
0: <laughs> yeah I mean I think also for me we kind of watched Iron Man 3 and Thor Dark World very close together mm-hmm so i mean i kind of trust all of our opinions of which one we enjoyed more of those watching it but i like i know ending thor dark world i was like man i i enjoyed watching that more than iron man 3 so that's why i have it above there i mean we can we can dissect little parts that may have been better or worse but i think a thing that really stands out to me is i don't i don't have something to directly hold against thor dark world whereas I made my opinions clear on the villain in Iron Man 3 that I did not enjoy.
1: Yeah, I don't really know how to dissect this very much because I, I see exactly what you're saying. I Yeah, I just think as far as enjoyment experiences go, I think we're at different places. But it seems like the majority opinion is Thor 2 above Iron Man 3. I am confused by that, but I guess yeah, I guess those problems that we talked about last week had more of an effect Um okay okay so you guys are what oh man it does not look right to me to put thor 2 (laughs) that close to iron man and aaron i think this is the exact issue you had last this is what i had with iron Iron man
0: 3 was we have iron man and then iron man 3 and now you get to look at iron man and then thor dark world (laughs) and i feel like that gap between iron man and the next movie is just gonna be where we keep slotting things and keep shifting everything down so we'll get there but that uh That space between two and three is going to be a nice wide open gap for us for a while. Yeah.
1: I wish, because like I'm looking at like our list in Excel right now, and I wish visually I had like a bunch
0: of like spaces. spaces (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, it's just kind of the way we're doing the rankings instead of like, oh, I think Thor is the 16th best movie in like, because if I said it was the 16th best movie, I don't think you would complain. No, that is that is very well <laughs> where it could end up at the end of this. That's true. So Okay, so Josh, Aaron, you
1: both are thinking Thor two above Iron Man three for that number three spot.
0: Yep, that's where yeah. I
1: got it. Okay, okay. Yeah. I am gonna be curious, um, uh, just like I said last week, to see what other guests we bring on have to think. Um just out of curiosity. Uh, to see if those twists and turns in Iron Man 3 got to those as well. Because I do understand that reveal is obnoxious. And as far as, you know, impact on things, it's kind of negligible. So, okay, good deal. Uh, so the list so far, I'll just go over it. And I guess I'll start putting this in the show notes. Though I feel like some people are just going to start looking at the show notes and getting angry. <laughs> <laughs> but at least, you know, we're talking about it. At least we're like... Same thing Uh, Whatever Okay so The mainly Marvel list so far Number one The Avengers Number two Iron Man Number three The Destin three Thor the Dark World (laughs) Number four Iron Man three Number five Thor Number six Iron Man two Number seven Captain America The first Avenger And number eight The Incredible Hulk
0: Yeah There we go The list is growing We have eight movies On there now Oh man over a third of the way done well that's exciting
1: you know one (laughs) at a time
0: yeah okay well uh, we close it out by saying whether we recommend watching this movie uh, if you're trying to prepare yourself for Avengers Endgame Uh, so far we only have two I think that we have decided you should watch and those are the Avengers and Iron Man uh Josh, would you add Thor The Dark World to those ranks?
2: Of course. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's why you're here, Josh. I appreciate that. Um, I'm going to say it's, it's an enjoyable watch. I don't think you need to watch it. I don't think it's going to give you something you wouldn't otherwise have going into uh, Avengers Endgame. But as far as just a standalone enjoyable watch, I enjoyed it quite a bit. DJ? Yeah, you guys
1: got a lot more enjoyment out of it than I did, so I'm going to give this one a pass. I mean, if you really want to, you can find like the after credit scene with the collector. I think it is interesting just to see like the first mention of Infinity Stones and that sort of thing, but yeah, I mean, maybe give it a rewatch. You might like it more than you thought. I think this stayed at kind of the level of enjoyment I thought it was going to be, but it seems like it kind of elevated for Josh and Aaron, so... I'm really interested in that <laughs> <laughs> Oh yeah. man The adventure continues Yeah but we'll be back next week With I think a fan Favorite um, Captain America the Winter Soldier I think people have very yeah, strong opinions one. About this Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm really interested to watch.
0: see if this holds up Because yeah. we, we have a pretty high Opinion of this movie It's been a few years since I've seen it, and I'm kind of questioning why we had a high opinion of it, so. Same.
1: I feel like this is coming from the exact opposite spectrum from where I was at with Thor the Dark World, where I was like, I don't really remember enjoying this a lot, so let's just see what happens. But this is like, with Winter Soldier, I'm just like, I remember loving this, but I think I've only seen it in theaters once.
0: Yeah, so that will be dropping maybe next week. (laughs) I'm not going to put a date on you, DJ. Um, yeah
1: we got the holidays coming up folks at the time of recording this so hopefully our schedule has remained firm but we shall see
0: <laughs> we are good thus far
2: and i just wanted to say thank you for having me back on again and maybe i can do another movie if y'all have a vacancy
0: uh, yeah i think thor ragnarok is still open so uh oh, we will we will keep you on speed dial for that one